0: Well, I thought I should mention that if this happens to be your first time at Heritage Bible Church, you are our special guest. You are especially welcome. We would ask if you'd be so very kind to fill out that registration slip that is in your bulletin. Nothing bad will happen to you, and even good things might if you would uh, let us know who you are. And you've got to come back because we're not doing what we usually do, the other 51 Sundays of the year here. But this is a celebration as we look to where we have uh, been privileged to begin to be involved in the ministry of the gospel around the world. We're going to begin with Russia, because that is at the cornerstone of the beginning of Heritage Bible Church on the same weekend of Heritage Bible Church's first service, Uh, I spent that Saturday uh, locked in a room with Bob Whitney from Slavic Gospel Association, and we took all of his ideas, all of my ideas, all of the ideas of Bob Provost, the then president of SGA, and all of the ideas sent to us by Yuri Sipko, then the president of the Russian Baptist Union, and boiled it down to a 16-course curriculum for training pastors in Russia, and I was uh, commissioned to write that curriculum, and what a joy that was. I spent the first five years of Heritage Bible Church supported one-third by Slavic Gospel and two-thirds by Heritage Bible Church as we kind of grew into being able to take care of everything uh, on our own here at at Heritage. I wrote the original 16 courses, and then I wrote... uh, Two more at their request to follow up on some of them, and then um, they had me go back and Now that they were starting to be taught and we were getting feedback, I reviewed them all and um, did some upgrades to some of them, and then I've written I think six more since then by special request. And I've gone back to Russia even after we've finished that in the Tombov region uh, uh, every year that COVID permitted. I've gone back there and taught more, and uh, sometimes we've sent uh, had two classes uh, a year there. And all in all, during this time, we've we've had about f- somewhere over forty people from Heritage Bible Church have gone to Russia, either with me or in some other capacity for youth camps, family camps, English camps, Emmanuel's Child building program, uh, as, as much as we could do. We've, we've developed this partnership with the churches in the region called uh, Tombov there. So when Heritage got started and we were just kind of hoping we could uh, keep from um, uh, having to beg... We didn't have very much, but we made the decision that missions-wise we would uh, commit to the Antioch ministry in Russia. And so that was all that we did in missions outside of our own circles and our own families and our own city for, uh, for several years. And uh, now it has um, taken off. And so we thought a good uh, thing to do would be to, uh, to share all of those things today, and that's what we're doing for this year's um, Missions Sunday. Now, uh, due to the invasion of Ukraine, uh, happened uh, a year ago this month, I think it was February 24th, uh, and remember I was there, and they shooed me out pretty quick, not that I was in any danger, but all of the airlines that flew through any NATO territory immediately canceled all flights. So on one day, Got up in the morning, booked a one-way flight that left at 12.02 a.m. And on one day, uh, well, that day I I took a a six-and-a-half-hour taxi ride up to Moscow and then got on the plane, pushed back for 12.02 a.m. And on that same calendar day, flew uh, Moscow to Dubai to San Francisco to Boise. And with the time change of 10 hours, I did it on one calendar day. And I never want to do that Again, but home safely and joyfully. I couldn't even say goodbye because uh, just it happens. It happened that fast. But um, we will continue to go back as we can. And I would say to you that all the ministries that our Russian friends are t- are doing in Tombov are continuing. And uh, when Larry comes and talks, he'll tell you that's at, including the the drain of some of the manpower. Uh, who, have, uh, who have gone elsewhere because of the war. A couple of specific prayer requests. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for praying for my dear friend uh, Anatoly Yarmoluk. Um, he had what they first said was, uh, was cancer, brain cancer. Then it's, oh, it's metastasized all through your body. And then, well, no, it's not cancer. Um, but it does seem to be a serious infection, and it has attacked his uh, thoracic vertebrae, so he's been in a lot of pain. But he's getting IV antibiotics every day, and yesterday uh, I got word that he's getting some relief, especially when he rests, and that's good. He wasn't even getting that. and was getting very little sleep, and uh, they, so they think it's going the right direction. He um, gave some blood for samples yesterday, and we'll see the doctors again this week, so Hopefully uh, we're going to continue to hear good news there. And one of the more practical things is, um, we've done all this work with SGA and through SGA, but there are a lot of other things that we do uh, directly over there. And one of the most difficult things is to get money there. Now, uh, SGA is very... Uh, Creative about ways that they do that, but I used to just be able to call them up and say, "Hey, uh, we're gonna we're gonna send you five thousand dollars. Would you get it over there?" and uh, uh, and it was gone the next week. But uh, that doesn't work now. Um, Or I could just uh, uh, call uh, Anya and say, "Take your debit card and go to the ATM and get get what you need." and can't do that anymore. That's all, that's all shut down. So pray that we can continue to, to support those things that we are involved with there. Uh, I also wanted to mention to you that this past year, this past Christmas, when we uh, did our big push for Emmanuel's Child, which has become something that, that Heritage is just, it, every year, humbles me with what generosity flows through these people there. This is the biggest single evangelistic outreach in all the former Soviet Union countries. More people have said that they heard the gospel for the first time through Emmanuel's child than any other way. And as, our, as it's grown there, we've um, over the years I've, I've told uh, our friends in Tom, Bob, we hope we can send you a thousand stars and they work like crazy for two and a half weeks to put on all of these events to reach kids through churches, community centers, orphanages, schools, any place that they can. And um, I got a call from a, a mutual friend of Larry's and mine at uh, at uh, SGA. This this well, it happened last year and it happened again this year. Alana Yusov called and she said, um, you know, "Would." would it be okay if we sent some of your stars to, um, to somewhere else because we have needs elsewhere? That's because they had 400 more than my goal of 1,000. So a lot of our stars went to, well, 400 of our stars went to the region called Beslan. Some of you might remember that name from about 2003 or 2000, probably 2004 when there was a terrorist bombing at a school in Beslan killed hundreds of kids. There were two uh, uh, Baptist pastors of two churches in that town. Between them, they had six children, five of whom were killed on that day. And they began ministering to all of those families and to their city. And now the schools have uh, have, have come back. Obviously, um, people that were born that year are now gr- graduated from high school. But it's been uh, an amazing genesis of ministry out of just an unthinkably horrible situation. And one of the first times that Heritage blew me away was I shared that and we were able to send quite a bit of money to help with those families that... uh, had lost their children, so uh, our friend Lana sent me some photos. Uh, these are not places you're going to recognize if you've been to Tombov. These are in Beslan. They look to me like they are all in um, schools or orphanages because everybody's sitting very politely. It, it's a little more rambunctious when they do it in the uh, in the churches there, and those uh, kids are holding up the bags that contain the the candy and the little toys that they have uh, have received, and a lot of them hold up the, the stars, and by the way, I know it's kind of tedious if you, if you pay for a bunch of those stars writing your name over and over again, but that's a wonderful point of contact. I've been there four times for Emmanuel's child, and it's so cool to have a kid run up, grab somebody else that they think speaks two languages, and point to that funny-looking writing on that star and say, what's that? And I've actually seen stars with our names on it and some of your names and i can say oh i know this person this is my friend and they want you to know the lord jesus christ and it's a it's a it's quite a it's quite an evangelistic tool that they that they have and they put on these these presentations they're they're extremely well done and the amount of work that goes into it i can hardly um, i can hardly describe it it is really amazing now uh, Early on in Heritage Bible Church, when we decided Russia would be the uh, cornerstone of our missions work, our our foreign missions um, endeavors, some people heard about needs of orphans in Russia and said, we want to help the orphans in Russia. So they put on a a dessert silent auction. It was the Sunday before Valentine's Day, and that became a a tradition that died of covid but uh, we did that every year and it turned into a, a potluck and we'd have our, our special offering. People would make their best desserts, bring them, and people would pay ridiculous amounts for them and, uh, and, and raise money. And th- they raised a couple thousand dollars that first year for the orphans in Russia. And we had no contacts with anybody doing anything with ministries to orphans in Russia. So the next year, our people said, we want to do it again. And we raised another couple thousand dollars we kept it, set it aside for orphans in Russia, and that was the year the Lord opened the door for the first contact of our Christian friends in Tombov to minister to orphans there. And that turned into weekly visits to orphanages that, have, that lasted about uh, oh, 15 years um, with some changes of leadership in a key orphanage, and then with COVID, uh, they're not being able to go into those orphanages anymore, but they haven't slowed down a bit. Because, remember those kids that were born the year of that school being blown up in Beslan? Well, kids that became orphans in that generation, they're all adults now. And God keeps bringing in His providence those people in contact with the ones who used to go to the orphanages. And uh, they've led some of them to Christ. They get to help them with life skills. It is a, a truly amazing thing. So... We're continuing to receive the special offering for missions every year in February, especially the first or second Sunday of February. And off the top of that, first $3,000 we designate for uh, uh, the orphans in Russia. But We've been raising uh, five and six times that much, so it will go elsewhere as well. I wanted to mention, and this is going to be a little bit, disjointed, because we'll jump from place to place to place. But I also wanted to mention a ministry we don't say a lot about, but Praise International is an organization based in Caldwell, Idaho. Some of you met Dick Shaw when uh, he attended here for about a year and a half after he retired as pastor at uh, First Baptist Church in Caldwell, and he didn't want to be in the way of his successor there, so he came and fellowshiped with us. He's been a great friend of our ministry in Russia. Been there several times. We've taught together twice there. And uh, Dick is the chairman of the board of Praise International. I'm also on that board. And Praise International does one thing: they raise money from Americans. This is how Americans do mission. We write we write checks mostly, right? Um, and they raise money to provide um, nominal, but to the people who receive it significant supplemental support for pastors in very poor areas they used to do this on a very wide scale they had to go through quite a reduction in size back uh, just when i uh, came on the board and i think in 2012 uh, so now they're limited to russia where they have the relationships with our pastors there and all of the pastors in the region that we get that we deal with get about 50 to $70 a month um, a supplemental on top of what their churches can support them. And that is significant to them, very significant to them. And um, they also now, as they, as they drew back to the smaller amounts that they could do, they have focused on the French-speaking nations in West Africa. Because our executive director, Freddie Harris who's not re- related to me, so don't think worse of him. Um, he is uh, He's a missionary with many years of experience in Europe, and he's fluent in French, so he's able to connect with those. And um, so we do uh, French-speaking West African countries, um, Russia, and now the Lord has interestingly opened up um, Cuba as another place that we're sending some su- supplemental support to pastors. And in addition to Russia, they do uh, Romania and Moldova, and I got to visit there on their behalf one time. So just wanted to mention that, uh, that it, it's there. But this isn't part of our regular missions offering. The pastors that we support there are supported by our men's Bible study and our women's Bible studies. And so if you're part of those groups, and you, you'll see a little collection box there, uh, there are great stories behind the people that, um, that they go to. And I also wanted to mention especially one of the nations that we... Uh, that we serve, uh, some of the pastors there, is Mali. You can get to heaven even if you can't pick out Mali from a map without the names on it. It's a landlocked country in Western Africa. But if you've ever heard of Timbuktu, it's a real place. And it's in Mali. On the southern edge of Mali, there is a jihad against Christians. And some of the jihadis are murdering pastors... Murdering, murdering fathers of households burning down churches burning down homes of Christians um, doing brave things like shooting kids in the back as they run away and uh, burning crops uh, burning storehouses of crops it's a, it's a horrible situation so you know that happens in many many places but uh, I, I know people who know people in Mali who's, who are risking their lives today to come together and worship. So um, do pray for them. Now, a couple of other things that I wanted to let you know. Uh, We've done these offerings all these times, and just in the last year or two, we've been able to kind of cut loose We've, we've always tried to stay a little bit ahead of the game to make sure the orphanage ministries in Russia are supported. And then uh, we've helped with some of our short-term missionaries, some people that have gone to Russia, that have gone to Vanuatu, uh, done some other things. We, we've helped to um, supplement what they have raised for, their, uh, for, for that. But with COVID, we haven't been able to send anybody anywhere. So the last two years, our missions um, account has, has grown even though we would try to respond when we had uh, special needs. And, um, and it got to be enough money that we've been able to take on some new support in 2023 that will not impact that church budget that we just approved at our annual meeting last Sunday, because the money's already on hand for the coming year or two to be able to do these new things. And so... Um, Wanted to mention a couple of them. One of them is not ongoing support, but it was a special project we did uh, through the ministry of Ben and Kimberly Bene- Ben and Kimberly Benedict. Someone um, Scott and Karen know from their time in California, and they're also friends of Gary and Rhonda Parham. By the way, they're celebrating Mission Sunday with COVID. Uh, as their house guest, so hi Gary and Rhonda, we miss you. And, um, but these friends of theirs minister in Nepal and trying to help little church startups there, and they wanted to have that wonderful study for new believers called Fundamentals of the Faith. Written by friends of mine, uh, and it needed to be translated. It had been translated, it needed to be printed, and we were able to uh, fund the printing of that. So, somewhere in Nepal, in a language that I don't even know the name of, um, that is being taught, and we were able to help uh, make that happen. That was one of our projects. Another of our projects from the 2022 missions offering, when we began to respond to the needs for the refugees driven out of. Of their homes in in Ukraine, we took five thousand dollars out of that account for the first money to go there we 'll talk more about that uh, as we go on um, this morning as well. Um, we have a new opportunity this year that I think we will probably uh, devote some of our two thousand twenty three offering for but there is a little piece of paper in your bulletin, if you haven't already dropped it on the floor like I did. Um, it's, uh, it's a note from uh, op, about Operation Military Blessings. This is the extension of the new face of, if you will, that uh, fundraising project that we do every November in order to give gifts to military families, especially the lower-income uh, military families from the Treasure Valley uh, through New Life Family Ministries. But they've, they've created the new name Operation Military Blessings. And the next phase of it now, after the Christmas things, is to provide MacArthur Study Bibles to families, to, to, these, to these military families. And um, uh, Tom Westall has been blessed with some great connections with things. We're working primarily here on what goes into the Treasure Valley, but this has busted out now to several military installations around the continental United States and in Germany and in UK and they've got like uh, 15 more applying to be part of this. So this is very 21st century. You can point your phone at the blobs on here if you want to read more about it and um, you can give directly if you want to. You can always designate for that if you would like to, but uh, it takes $20 to provide a MacArthur Study Bible for these folks. And then they do actually do some nicer ones for, um, for uh, the, the higher brass who also are asking for those Bibles. So um, you can be aware of that as well. Now, we're going to do a three-pronged approach this morning. I'm prong number one, and I want to hand off to prong number two, who's going to tell you more about what we are doing missions-wise.
1: Well, the ministry that is going on through all of you is tremendous, and truly this is your ministry. And the work that you have done in giving faithfully to this church And the things that you've heard about as Jim was talking reminded me from a a verse from the book of James, from James chapter one and verse 27, where it says, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and father is this to keep orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. And so as we seek to help these orphans and these widows and others and to keep ourselves pure, it is carrying forth exactly what scripture calls us. Us too. In addition to that, as you know, those of you that have attended our HBC Distinctives course coming up in March, by the way, not just for our new members, but for all of our church to again, refresh themselves on all of our doctrine is we seek number one to build up this body through the great commandment, which is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength. And then secondly, to carry out the great commission where the Lord said in Matthew 28 that we are to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to command them all that he has taught us and that lo, he is with us even to the end of the age. And at the time of his ascension, which we just heard a few weeks ago from Jim in Acts one eight, the Lord said, you shall be my witnesses and you shall do so both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest, remotest parts of the earth. And this is what we're seeing and what continues to go on. And some of that work happens in other places, such as the area of Vanuatu. In Vanuatu, we have two missionary groups. We have Laura Tulison and also Houghton and Gretchen Richards. And these folks are doing an incredible work. Imagine going into a region where there was no written language. And you have to take and you have to learn an unwritten language. You have to write down an unwritten language. You have to translate that into English and then translate the scriptures from English back into that language. This is what they're doing. And it's an incredible work and we're so thankful for them. The the team is stateside right now at their home church in Miles City, Montana, heading back. We've had them here with us and grateful for that. They're heading back in June. This is where Vanuatu is. If you look up on the right, you see that little white square in the South Pacific. That is where the island nation of Vanuatu is and this is where they're ministering and they have many needs and we've been seeking to increase those needs we've increased our support for both of these groups on a monthly basis and they have some additional needs that they have they are currently printing Matthew to Acts and so there are some of course costs with printing that work they have a literacy curriculum because they do a tremendous amount of work of teaching English and they're in teaching the gospel by using the bible and there are some needs with printing that curriculum they're in a need of a vehicle and so some costs with that. As we're able, we want to partner with other churches that support them to encourage them in these works. There, of course, is the need for their return in June. The cost for the uh, Richards family used to be around six dollars to $8,000 to take their family from the United States to Vanuatu. That cost is now nearly $14,000. And we all know what costs are doing these days. So there are a lot of needs there. We have a new missionary effort that we're undertaking, and it is in the nation of Croatia with Sam and Sarah Woolbrandt. Sam and Sarah are uh, dear, dear folks. Sarah's family is from the Wood River Valley. In fact, she was one of my first junior high Sunday school classes, and she lived to tell about it, which is wonderful and good news for you when I get this opportunity. Sam and Sarah have been here to talk to us about their ministry. We did not have opportunity then. We have now taken them on in a ministry effort. Croatia is there in the Baltics and you see it, the former Yugoslavia, see it there between Slovenia and Bosnia-Herzegovina, and they are doing a tremendous work. Right now, Sam is working with the Masters Academy International, which TMAI is an in-country seminary training ministry. Where they are staffed by United States and national pastors and train men to lead, church, to lead other indigenous men to train them for the work of the ministry and to carry forth the Great Commission right now, there are over twenty schools across the world that are part of the TMAI complex with many many more desiring to join. The Theological Biblical Academy in Croatia, TBA, has been a member of TMAI since 1998. And they now offer a certificate in Bible and theology, similar to an associate's degree in college. They offer a full bachelor's degree and a master's in biblical studies. The first TMAI institute was in Russia, which started with American men from the master's seminary, slowly training Russian men to come in and to start carrying forth the teaching load. It's now fully staffed by Russian men. They not only, those men have achieved PhD degrees in theology, but they now offer, as well as these degrees, a PhD in Russia. And this is where these ministries build to as they move along. It's tremendously exciting. The mission here in Croatia is, is to equip church leaders from the former Yugoslavia that they would produce graduates of spiritual maturity, irreproachable character, a deep understanding of scripture and thorough knowledge of theology and church history with the ability to evangelize the lost with skills tested for pastoral ministry, including expository preaching, counseling and leadership in the local church. And students can study there from one to five years. Sam and Sarah are engaged in language acquisition. They've been there for two years. They are ministering in a local church to assist the pastor and the leadership there in the church as they learn the language. They are also preparing the community in the area that they live. There are about 20 to 25 churches that have been dwindling and they're down to but a few people, but... They refuse to close their doors, and by God's grace, this is an opportunity for these men that are being trained at TBA to come in and to have a format to preach. There are churches that need pastors, so these men can come in, and Sam and his pastor and others from TBA can guide them and oversee their work and help plant them in these churches. So it's a tremendously exciting effort. Sam will soon be teaching in TBA as he finishes his language acquisition. So, as we think of them, there are several needs that they have. Uh, they're currently receiving full support. Uh, about 50% of that, as of recently, was from a short time. Group That supports missionaries and then as their support comes up, they transfer it to other missionaries as we've brought the Woolbrands on as part of our missionary family. We have reduced that from 50% to 40% and they still need a total of 4,000 a month in order to complete that, but they are moving towards that and it's an exciting thing that they're doing and we pray that on their next furlough, they'll be here to meet all of you. This takes us to Spread of Grace Ministries, which is the ministry that I have been involved with. We are ministering through Spread of Grace in six countries, in Mexico, Kenya, Sierra Leone, Uganda, the Congo, and Ethiopia. It is a very exciting ministry where we go forth and we seek to train rural pastors this picture on your screen before you I believe is in Sierra Leone you'll notice in the front left in the blue shirt is the executive director Mike Miosi and uh, Mike has done some tremendous things in this ministry and continues to do so and excited about what's happening there here's a fact that I think might shock you as it did me 95% of the pastors around the world are untrained How would you like to be sitting in church and your pastor had no training in the Bible and perhaps had been a Christian less time than you did? Well, God's spirit can work through all of those men, but obviously there's a shortcoming there that needs addressed. And so with as many as 2 million pastors worldwide without training, SGM realized that was an untenable situation. So their ministry is to go out to the rural areas, out away from where these TMAI institutes are, out away from the major cities in these countries to train men who are bivocational, who are primarily agricultural men who are growing crops to sell to provide for their family and are pastoring. Because what we're finding is that the the gospel of Jesus Christ is not going forth in most of these churches because of the abominable prosperity gospel. And we cannot allow that to stand. Would not stand for that. So they decided we have to go to these rural regions. We have to get out and show these men. The truth of what's in God's word. And the ministry of SGM. Is to train national pastors. To study believe and preach the Bible. You might not think. That a pastor would need to be taught. To believe the Bible. Many of them. Barely have a full copy of the Bible. And this is part of our ministry. To go out and to take Bibles, to take Bibles in their language, to take resources like theological dictionaries, which you'll see more of. SGM right now is in these five countries in Africa as well as Mexico. On the left of your slide there, you'll see that little blue dot on the Atlantic Ocean, the western horn of Africa, which is Sierra Leone. And that is where I will be going here in just a few weeks. The other regions in dark blue there, Ethiopia and Kenya and Uganda, uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo. These are the regions we're now in. Those in light green are those where we have been requested to come to. Into Sudan, into South Sudan, into Somalia, into Tanzania and into Zambia and to Rwanda and other locations. And so we're trying to move forward into that area. It's fascinating to recognize the scope of the work. Africa is the second largest continent on our planet. Also second largest by population with one and a half billion people, twice the population nearly of Europe and nearly three times the population of North America. And we go forth into these regions to carry forth the gospel to these men. And why, SGM? Why are we doing this work? Because what does it say? And what have you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses? And trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. God has given us a gift, and so we are seeking to carry that forward. Just as Apollos needed to be taken aside by Priscilla and Aquila and educated more clearly on the truth of God's word. So we seek to do so also with these men. In 2022, SGM had 12 different ministry training conferences around the country and primarily in Africa, equipping over 300 church leaders. These men are pastoring churches of between 50 and 150 people. You do the math on that. And all of a sudden we've got a tremendous multiplication to thousands of people who are starting to rightly hear God's word divided. How critical is that? That this effort goes forward, strengthening these gospel presentations in these countries, going to these groups and teaching them that no, it's not all right. If women are leading your tur- churches, that no, It's not alright if you're telling people that if they're not blessed and if they're not doing well and if they have struggles in their life, it's because they're not giving enough as the prosperity gospel proclaims. To tell them no, that the sign gifts have ceased and that speaking in tongues and teaching people such things is not what God's word tells us is how the church is to operate today. In addition to this, there's the construction of the Otema Pastoral Training Center in Uganda. There are four different sites in Uganda where men are being trained currently. This is Jimmy Taban, one of my dear friends in front of the Otema Training Center. He is one of the pastors that is training with us, having gone through the program and and being a a very mature and wonderful man. We are about the same age, came to know the Lord at the same age, and uh, we call ourselves... Um, twin sons of different mothers. And uh, we speak uh, by video chat about once a month and he is just so sweet. I can't wait to see him again. In 2023, these are the first ministries we're endeavoring into in Mexico, Uganda and Congo, Kenya and Sierra Leone. And nine in total that we have planned and we would desire to be able to get closer to that 12 to 13 number that we did in 2022. Currently, there's 21 churches in the U.S. and internationally supporting this effort. Uh, that number went from 20 to 21 about two weeks ago as uh, Ron Brown from Calvary Bible Church in Haley decided that he was going to join me on our next trip to Kenya and Sierra Leone. And it's exciting to see this happening. Again, seven additional countries desiring this training. And what we need are more trained pastor missionaries. Men who have been brought up, who are serving in churches in our country, who will go on these short-term mission trips and train pastors so that we can reach yet more areas because there is such a tremendous demand. How did it begin? Well, you might know this guy. And he mentioned the curriculum he wrote. It was called the Antioch Initiative. Well, a pastor in Ethiopia stumbled into that and said, I want to learn to preach God's word. And this is what I want to learn. He hooked up with a pastor in Pennsylvania, Joe Fouth and said, will you help train me? And then will you come to our country so that we can train men in our areas about the abominations that are going on and help us fix that? So after they started this program, they realized that the curriculum Jim wrote was really sort of a introductory college level and was a bit much for some of the men in that region. So they rewrote the curriculum and that was done by Mike Miosi as they expanded again to the other four African countries in Mexico. This is the current program that we teach. It is a four-year program that we do twice a year, starting with Bible interpretation, something that we cover in one day. In our, in our HBC Distinctives class. Then we go to Foundations of Bible Study. Teach them how to study their Bibles. We go to Creating Expository Sermons. And then take them through Old and New Testament Survey. Yes, almost the same material that we take you through in our Old and New Testament Survey classes in Sunday School here at Heritage. And the goal is to teach pastors in this remote region of the world. Mexico has just concluded yesterday. They are exploring another region to go to uh, about 10 hours outside of Puebla. Uh, Uganda and Congo are the next conferences. And then we will be going again to Kenya and Sierra Leone. And it's exciting to recognize all that God is doing through all of these different efforts. The needs here, we're hoping on our next conference to take 150 Holman illustrated Bible dictionaries at a cost of $3,750, a computer for Jimmy and this ministry in the uh, Otema Bible training center and software for that computer. So as we consider what we do here at heritage Bible church, our future endeavors are local evangelism. We want to train you to be better at proclaiming Christ in every arena that you're in to help come alongside you and to train you and teach you and have you get confidence in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to also acknowledge there are so many other local ministries that we are a part of that we've not spoken about today. We want to pursue more short-term missions trips as has been done in Russia. And we want to do in the United States and abroad to share and to encourage our other missionaries. And we want to support other missionary training efforts like TMAI and like SGM. So what can you do? Pray. There's nothing more important than prayer. There is no way that we can better align our hearts with God and understand his desire to carry forth the gospel And you can participate. If it be through your giving, through any of these efforts, we would delight in that. If it would be through your preparing and going on short term missions, we would delight in that. Jim and I's heart is to see men and women raised up from this body who are ready to say, when the Lord says, who shall I send and who will go for us to say, here am I, Lord, send me. We want missionaries sent from this church To go forth into the world and to proclaim Christ. And we pray that that might be you. And there's a bit more we want to tell you about as we continue on this morning.
0: I once heard the definition of a college freshman, somebody who shows up on campus with umbilical cord in hand looking for a place to plug in. <laughs> That's what I feel like uh, uh, right here. Um, we have a special guest with us uh, this morning, uh, Larry Pauly from uh, Slavic Gospel Association, whom I thought I knew. The name was so familiar when he began contacting me from SGA, but I, when he arrived in town yesterday, I said, have we met... No, we haven't. But the reason is, when he was formerly on the staff of Slavic Gospel Association, his wife was also on their staff. Larry um, left and wound up being a pastor again for a, a couple more decades. His wife was still on the staff when I began writing, and she was my proofreader. So that's how I knew the name Polly, and now I know the rest of the story, who is here to, uh, to bring a greeting. And Larry uh, very politely asked if he'd come to Heritage, and I'll let him explain why.
2: I am way too old to show up with an umbilical cord, so I get this. (laughs) It is a privilege and a joy to be with you this morning, and while I think everybody who speaks somewhere says that to start, I legitimately mean it. Uh, This church has been in my prayers on a weekly basis or better uh, for the past several years. Part of my responsibilities and, indeed, my joy in my ministry at Slavic Gospel Association is to serve and pray for the churches that partner with us. I have a list of about 550 to 600 churches uh, that I am able to uh, pray for on a regular basis as the weeks go by, and this church has been on that list for some time. Of course, I was already familiar with you because of Jim and his writing and my wife telling me the stories back when she was the proofreader. Uh, Jim had a profound impact on my wife uh, teaching her much as she went through those courses, uh, she came to faith late in life. She was 32 when she came to Christ. I was privileged to to be there and to be involved in that, and we were married shortly after. And uh, so she didn't have a extensive background in the Word at all. And Jim taught her a great deal through the writing. She also was quick to mention that he taught her a great deal about how to be a good editor. When it came to the punctuation and the grammar and the spelling and things like that. So Jim Harris and Heritage Bible Church has been very dear to us for a long time. And especially in these last couple of years. And so I come this morning largely to say thank you. uh, For all that you have done in the former Soviet Union. And that you continue to do. Both with Slavic Gospel Association and apart from us. I legitimately bring you thanks not only from myself but from the entire staff of SGA and from thousands of churches and pastors throughout the 12 or 13 countries in which we serve and Israel, where there are now 20 Russian-speaking churches preaching the gospel in the northern part of Israel because of the great number of people there that speak the Russian language. In a very specific way, however, I want to say thank you uh, on behalf of a particular person Our president, Michael Johnson, has sent this letter to you as a church, and I'd like to read it for you at this time. Greetings, dear partners at Heritage Bible Church. Recent events have kept Ukraine at the front of the news programs, on front pages of newspapers, and the front of our minds. Many believers have spent hours in prayer for the people violently impacted by the war, and many have tangibly expressed their care. Your partnership in this area of ministry, as in so many other areas through the years, has been an encouragement to the entire staff of Slavic Gospel Association. Indeed, it is my privilege to call attention to a milestone in the mission's history of Heritage Bible Church. Recently, with your submission of another generous gift for the ministry of the gospel in the former Soviet nations, the amount of your eternal investment with SGA has passed half a million dollars. That is a significant milestone. And the reality of physical war, nor the ongoing battles of spiritual war, can diminish how God has used your generosity and our partnership for his glory. Our Sovereign Lord has used Heritage Bible in declaring the gospel, equipping the churches, and helping the forgotten in lands half a world away. My heart often remembers a favorite text when I think of those who work with us. Jesus said to his disciples, Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Without a doubt, it is a blessing that we get to enter into the labors of our brothers and sisters throughout the Slavic nations. Please accept this plaque for your church facility, not only as a token of thanks for this milestone, but also a tangible reminder of the work in which our Lord is using Heritage Bible Church and SGA together. And on behalf of SGA, I bring to you, and Pastor, if you would come, I'd like to present to you this plaque of thanks for your partnership with us through all these years. The plaque reads, if I might, thank you, with thanksgiving to God and in recognition of Heritage Bible Church, who has invested more than $500,000 for the spread of the gospel in the former Soviet Union. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen.
0: We have a great balance of duties here at Heritage. You do it all and people thank me. It works. Uh, Thank you. God God is so good and we will take part of the missions offering for our new trophy case. Get started. Thank you.
2: Pastor asked if I would share, excuse me, share just a minute a couple of other things with you about the ministry going on. And there are many things that I would love to share. I Would take you to that passage in John 4 if we had the time and show you how it applies to what you've been doing. As Jesus was teaching the disciples how important the gospel is. Uh, You might recall that's the passage with the woman at the well. And the disciples had gone into the town of Sychar to find something to eat because it was the middle of the day and they were hungry. And Jesus was weary and sat down by the well and they were gone. I I think they went to Subway or something like that. and, And they were gone for a while they come back, and he's talking to the woman at the well. Of course, when they come back, she leaves to tell the people in the town that she thinks she's found the Messiah, or better put, the Messiah found her. And, and we read that story, and then you remember a part the part, of course, where at the end of that encounter, the people from Sychar are coming up the hill, and they're coming to meet this man of whom she spoke. And, and it's a wonderful story, and we use it all the time in reference to... Uh, the type of people with whom we give the gospel, and and the fact that the fields are white to harvest, which is where that phrase comes from. But in the middle of that story is the text in Michael's letter that so often gets uh, read over quickly, glossed over, if you will. And I don't have the time to open that text for you, but I think it contains three quick things that typifies everything you've seen this morning that you have done and that you want to do. And, and that typifies our relationship, our partnership in the former Soviet Union. And when I say our, I don't mean Jim in SGA. I mean Heritage Bible in SGA. Our, our joy and our desire is to be a servant of the local church, both in the former Soviet Union and here. My whole ministry has a job description that long. It says, strive to be a blessing to pastors and local churches. That's the only reason SGA hired me. Because we believe that God works through the local church. And in this passage of John 4, verses 36 through 38, if you want to look it up later, because I am not going to have time to unfold it, but just to give you three quick things. Jesus teaches the disciples, the disciples that day and the disciples this day, three things that are so important. The first one was he's teaching them to envision the big picture, to keep that big picture in focus. Remember, the disciples come to him. The woman leaves, and none of them dare ask him, Why are you talking to her? But they come to say, hey, Rabbi, eat. And he tells them, I have food to eat you don't even understand. Well, of course, they don't get it, right? And so he says, my food is to do the will of the Father who sent me. And they only kind of partially get it. And finally, he goes on to teach them. And he, and he says, do you not say there are four months under the harvest? I say to you, in other words, guys, listen, I'm trying to teach you something here. And what he was trying to teach them was to keep their eyes on the big picture. He did it by what he said and by what he did. He said, the gospel, telling the truth of the gospel to those who need it is more important than anything. It's even more important than lunch when you're hungry. Right? Isn't that the text? Isn't that what he gets across to? And and I think that is part of what you have been about this morning, but but this morning is just the, the celebration and typifies what you're about all the weeks of the year. And what we ought to be about is God's people. We ought to envision the big picture and remember the gospel is what's important. In the lands of the former Soviet Union today, particularly in those torn up by the war, our brothers and sisters are fighting daily, yes, to survive, yes, to find food, yes, to stay warm because the winter is so Harsh and brutal. And we're doing everything we can with our partner churches to get them what they need. But to a person, they send us reports day after day after day saying, Thank you for the stoves. Thank you for the generators. Thank you for the food. Because we were able to provide this, 300 people heard the gospel this weekend. Because we were able to provide this, this family who would never set foot in the door of the church came and they asked us, Why do we do this? And we told them, Jesus is the reason. And it's happening over and over and over again. God using war to remind his people to envision the big picture. But Jesus also told the disciples that day to engage that bold partnership. That's that phrase about entering into the labors of one another. And think about it. That afternoon, Jesus was demonstrating for them the partnership that we see all the time when people come to faith. Jesus had been talking to this woman at the well about her great need, right? Far from how people love to portray Jesus, he talked to her immediately about her sin. If you remember the story, again, John 4, you can look it up, as Casey Stingle used to say. Look it up in John chapter 4. And he he tells her about her sin. He confronts her with her need. She goes into town to get the others. And then when the disciples come up, he says, Look, You haven't labored for this, but you're going to enter in and reap the harvest. There's going to be people coming up from the town. You're going to give them the gospel. You're going to lead them to me. Jesus demonstrated for them that day the wonderful partnership of the gospel that we absolutely don't deserve. God does the work. God convicts the hearts. God draws people to himself, and he uses us to bring them into the kingdom, to bring them to him. To tell them the gospel, to make sense out of what they're hearing, to make sense out of what they're feeling, to make sense out of what they're learning. And it's a partnership where God does the work and he gives us the blessings of seeing people saved. And that day at the well, Jesus said, engage this bold partnership. But it wasn't just the partnership between God and man, but the partnership between all of God's servants. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Think of all who had labored for these people in Sychar. There was Moses and the law. There was the prophets. There was what they had heard about Jesus. There was the woman going down and telling them that that day. Many, many others had had a peace in preparing the people for that afternoon. Many, many people have a peace in preparing those to whom we share the gospel here in Boise, here in the United States, in Russia, in Tambov, in all the countries where uh, SGM is going to be working and is working. We have all this that we get to do and tell them, but we enter in to the works of the others who have done it as well. Earlier, Apollos was mentioned. Paul at one point says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. Because we have this wonderful, bold partnership. Earlier, Scott said, one of your best roles is pray. We absolutely believe that at Slavic Gospel Association. Our motto since 1934 has been much prayer, much power. We need your prayers. We desperately want your prayers. We know we have them from many of you. And I want you to know that we pray for you, too. Because we have a partnership together. And we work together and we enter into each other's labors. Oh, I can't do nothing, somebody says. I can't get anything done. I, I can't do not nothing, you know. I live in the Ozarks. And, uh, but you can pray. And you can say what Christ has done for you. And who knows who he's going to allow to enter into your labors. So that you're both a sower and a reaper. And finally, in this text, Jesus says, you know, you'll enjoy some bright promises. As you envision that big picture and you engage this bold partnership, there are some bright promises. Again, I don't have the time, but Jesus promises them results in gospel ministry. He says in that text, you're going to gather a harvest for eternal life. Folks, what greater work in all of creation is there to do than to be involved with God Almighty and seeing people receive eternal life? To be saved from their sin, to be saved from their animosity towards God, to be turned from their hostility towards God, and to be adopted into His family, not just for this lifetime, but for eternity. What is greater than that? Nothing. Certainly nothing is greater to them to be saved from, from hell, to be turned toward heaven. And there should be nothing greater for us. And Jesus promises that the harvest he uses us to gather is a harvest of eternal life. He promises great rejoicing in gospel ministry. Oh, I, I, <laughs> We know the passage in Luke 15.10 about how in the presence of the angels there's great rejoicing when just one sinner turns to faith comes to Christ. That rejoicing doesn't start in heaven. It starts here, but it will go on for all eternity. I, I don't know the faces or the names or the, the people who in the Ministry of Heritage Bible in, in Tombov or in Ukraine because of your war relief efforts or or in the other nations where you have worked through other people, the the, the camps that you have sent 40-plus people to. I don't know the names and the faces of all those who have come to saving faith in Jesus Christ, but I know that one day I will get to meet them in glory. And so will you if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This is not just something to occupy the first Sunday of February. This is something to occupy eternity. And by God's grace and for God's glory, He'll use our partnership to do that. Thank you so much. Know that you're prayed for. And please, pray for us.